Welcome to the Pursue of Bliss podcast. My name is Kristen. I'm a self-professed health, spirituality, and mindset junkie. You know that blissful happiness you feel when you're just at peace with yourself, living fully in the present moment? That's the feeling I believe we are all in the pursuit of. And I want to help you get one step closer by up-leveling your health, mindset, and love for yourself. Because that lasting and blissful happiness can only be found and created within. So get ready for all things mindset, holistic health, and spirituality. I hope this serves you. Hello, friends. Welcome back to another episode of the Pursuit of Bliss podcast. I'm going to be speaking on a topic today that I never, ever, ever foresaw myself speaking about in my business, but this has been a much asked for topic. And as a lot of you know, if you've been following my journey at all, so much has shifted and changed for me in the past year and especially the past six to nine months. And I, I never expected to be on my podcast talking about God. You know, when I started this podcast, I think almost five years ago now, four and a half or so, it was manifestation, spirituality, universe, mindset, positive thinking. And a lot of what I spoke about, I still stand by a lot of the practices and mindfulness, but it's insane because if you had told me five years ago or four years ago that in a few years I would be speaking on God on the podcast, I would have laughed in your face and said, that's impossible. There's no way because the idea of God was so triggering for me for so many reasons. So if that's you today and even hearing the word God triggers you or makes you cringe or brings up shame, you're in the right place. (laughs) Uh, Our triggers are the entrances and the invitations into healing, into growth, into miracles, into expansion, into everything we're asking for. And to be honest, this journey for myself has felt so just sacred and private and, and there almost aren't words. It's just my heart has been completely cracked open over and over and over. And I knew that I felt called to share more of my journey around my transition, you know, moving kind of from universe to God and coming back to God. But I didn't want to because it feels really vulnerable and it's a little bit scary because there's still a lot of that kind of fear and trauma left over from experiences I had a long time ago that kind of pushed me away from God and made me feel really ostracized as well from community around me. And I know that this can be a very touchy subject for a lot of people because we all come from different backgrounds around religion and belief systems and what we've experienced. And we all have different reasons that we've either left God behind or maybe that was never in our past. We never came to him in the first place, but we all have different pain points there. And so it's, I know it's a touchy subject. Uh, I know it's a really delicate subject and I want to say first and foremost that 
I am not trying to preach to you or tell you what the ultimate truth is or nor do I believe that I have some connection to God that no one else has or that you can't have yourself. I don't want you to take what I'm saying or what I share with you and just accept it as your ultimate truth. And I also don't want you to believe that I'm trying to tell you what to believe. What I hope that what I share with you does, best case scenario, is that it inspires you to get curious and it inspires you to go seek the truth on your own in your own experience rather than taking what I'm telling you and accepting it as truth in your experience. Because in my experience, I know I've had a lot of, I have a lot of resistance to people telling me what to believe. I had a a lot of resistance because of religious experience in the past. I have a lot of resistance to people claiming that they know the ultimate truth and that they are the ones who can tell you what to believe. I believe that the most powerful experience is us experiencing God ourselves and allowing him to reveal his heart to us personally. But I also think that me sharing my journey and I'm going to share my personal journey and my personal beliefs, what I believe to be true in this moment. Uh, I hope that you can see yourself in some of my journey. And I know that a lot of you can based on my interactions with you. Uh, I've had a lot of you in my DMs asking me questions about God, asking me about my relationship with God, wanting to know how I got here, wanting to know if I'm religious, wanting to know what inspired this. I've had people asking me, you know, I'm starting to feel intrigued around the concept of God. What does that mean? Where do I go from here? I'm scared. I'm nervous. I, it's confusing. There is a lot. And I also know that God is moving in a lot of hearts right now. There's a a massive awakening happening. So if you're starting to feel more intrigued, curious, inspired, it's happening for a reason. You can trust, you can trust that God is moving in your heart. Even if the concept of God triggers you, even when we turn our backs on God, he's still with us and he's been with us the entire time. So even if it is still triggering to you, he is moving in your heart, honestly, or you wouldn't even be here listening to my words right now. So I would invite you to enter the rest of this podcast experience with an open heart and an open mind and just with a bit of curiosity and also know that you know, the process of shifting everything in my business, shifting everything in my life, shifting everything to be God-led has not been easy. It has been the most challenging thing I've ever had to do for myself. And I would not be doing it and I would not be sharing this if it did not fundamentally change everything for me in such a positive way. I'm going to go through my whole journey, uh, But I'll start out by saying that where I am right now in my life, I've never felt better about who I am and where I am and where I'm headed ever. There is such a peace and contentment in knowing that God's got my back and that I don't need to control this anymore and that I can lean back into his arms and actually trust him to lead me. There is such relief in that. And I think so many of us are craving that. We're just exhausted and burnt out from having to be this leader in our own lives all of the time, from putting all this pressure on ourselves to always constantly be manifesting and like healing all of our limiting beliefs so we can manifest right and making sure our thoughts are on point and making sure we're doing all of the healing work all of the time and making sure we have the right vision and we're taking the right steps and 
It's exhausting. So many of us, and I'm seeing it time and time again, so many of you are burnt out and exhausted and it's either not working for you anymore, manifesting and being in control of your life. It's almost like we've made ourselves the gods or goddesses in our lives. Who needs God when you can do it all on your own, right? But what if you didn't have to do it all on your own? Because doing it on your own is really hard and it actually goes against the way that we were designed and created to operate in this world. And so the longer we operate outside of our design, the more exhausting it is, the more burnt out we're going to feel. And for a time it does work, right? You get the beautiful things in your life and you manifest them and it feels good. And then there comes a point where it stops working, or then there comes a point where you hit a wall and you're burnt out, or then there comes a point where you realize there's still a void. Even when everything you want is here, there is still a void that has not been filled. And so many of us, so many of you are seeking, seeking, seeking to fill that void. And it's like we're searching and searching and searching when the whole time it's been God and he's been here the whole time as well. But our eyes were closed to him. So I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm going to share my story, but I wanted to set this preface of there is a better way. There is a better way. You're not meant to play God in your own life. You're not meant to have to control everything. And this is not this disempowering concept of you are powerless. This is an empowering concept of you are powerful, but God is even more powerful and you don't need to do it all on your own. So enough of that. I'm going to start way, way, way back in my life when I was a child. And I'm going to take you through my entire journey with God and how it's shifted and transformed through the years as it has in major, major ways. So when I was really, really young, let me actually start even more from the beginning. I did not grow up in a religious family. My dad grew up Catholic. My mom grew up Jewish. Neither are practicing as adults. So I grew up celebrating, you know, the typical Christian holidays, Christmas, Easter, etc. I even celebrated Hanukkah because my mom grew up Jewish. So we celebrated the traditions, but never in a religious way. However, when I was really young, my mom, I guess my parents put me in a church summer camp because we had some friends who encouraged them to do it. It was like a really fun camp. I loved it. And that was the first time I was introduced to the concept of God. And it was a Christian summer camp. So I was introduced to the concept of Jesus as well. And from a really young age, I had a really strong connection to God and also to Jesus at that time. And I would remember falling asleep and I don't even know where this came from. Like, it's not something I learned. It's something I, I guess, taught myself. I would fall asleep praying to God and asking Jesus to protect me. And every single night before I went to sleep, I would ask Jesus to come and protect me and put protection around my bed and kind of just guard me. It was really comforting when I would be scared falling asleep and I would just call him in to be there and protect me. And I just grew up with this really strong connection to my spirituality in that way with a really strong connection to God and Jesus. So in my childhood, I had that connection all seemed good and lovely. And I grew up still never going to church, still never considering myself to be religious, just had this connection, entered high school, finally got my license when I turned 16, was finally able 
to decide for myself what I wanted to do, and I began to drive myself to Christian church every Sunday by myself, completely alone. I had no friends that went. My family didn't go. I don't even really know why I started to take myself. I think I had this overwhelming connection to God that I didn't know what to do with, and there was no one around me to talk to or who or who could like lead me through this. I didn't understand what it was. And I was craving being around other people who felt this because I kind of felt it just, I don't even know how to put it into words. It was like pouring out of me. I couldn't contain it. I needed somewhere to go to understand this connection that I had. So I began to take myself to a church, a Christian church near my house by myself. And it was always during the worship. I felt so connected to God so tapped into spirit in a way that I had never really experienced and in a way that I think I had always been craving. And I used to leave and the messages would always leave me feeling so uplifted and so encouraged and so loved and so close to God. And I absolutely loved it. And eventually some friends started coming with me. Eventually my mom even would come. My aunt would come to some services and I just felt so connected. And even later in life, when I would be struggling, I would look back and I would just crave that experience again of just being in worship in a room of people who were all connected to God in the same way that I was. It brought me so much peace and comfort and I felt so loved in those experiences. So I had a really positive church experience in that way. But even from the beginning, there were certain things about church and religion that I didn't resonate with. When I think back to even being 15, 16 in church, there were some things that I never got on board with. I was never fully on board with the idea of this flaming eternal hell that God sends those who don't believe in him to, to suffer consciously for eternity. Just as one example, there are quite a few concepts that I don't feel fully on board with and, or didn't then. And, and I think what I never realized as a child or a youth, as a teen, was that a lot of what was being taught to me, the concepts that didn't feel good, and I'll share more about that, uh, were simply one interpretation and never realizing that a lot of concepts that are just kind of publicly accepted about many religions, specifically Christianity, Christianity, because that's a religion I have experience with and can speak on, but a lot of concepts that were kind of just blindly accepted by a lot of people had a lot of historical context. Now that I'm looking back and like really studying things and understanding what I learned and where it came from, a lot of them actually aren't even scripturally accurate based on historical context and translation and really looking at the context of everything and not just looking at specific lines from scripture. There are so many different interpretations and there are certain interpretations that a been taken many, many years ago in history and twisted in order to create power structures in order to control people. And a lot of these translations, understandings, etc., uh, had been just kind of accepted over time and permeated their way into many different churches and religions. And what I've realized now as an adult, being able to actually look at scriptures, look at religions, look at history, look at the historical context, look at uh, the translations, understanding how certain things are translated, etc. There's so much here. I'm not going to get into all of that. Um, But understanding that what I was taught and what I blindly accepted 
is not the one and only understanding. And that a lot of what I blindly accepted was actually created by the church a long time ago in order to gain power and control people. And so I've actually been able to now look back at a lot of the religious trauma or things that didn't feel right to me about religion and understand that, wait, there are a lot of people who really, really love God, but don't look at it this way. And me as a child kind of blindly accepting everything that was told to me. And I shouldn't say blindly accept because even then there were some things that I didn't accept. It was like in my heart, certain things never resonated as truth. So I never fully accepted them. And I think once again, a lot of religious trauma can come from us blindly accepting a long time ago, what we were preached to, to be truth without, without actually seeking the answers ourselves without actually seeking God's heart ourselves, because now looking back and now as an adult, I'm more interested in God revealing his heart to me than anything else. My constant prayer is God reveal your heart to me, please. Because there's so much noise. There are so many interpretations of religion, so many interpretations of God, anything that you want to believe about religion or God, you can find someone to argue that that's the truth. And you can find someone to argue against that truth. And both of them can show you equal historical data and facts to prove their point. And so when it comes down to it, there's a lot of noise. There is so much noise and the noise can be really overwhelming. And there's so many people who want to tell you what to believe, how to interpret your beliefs, how to interpret the Bible if you come from a Christian or Catholic background. And for me, what's helped the most is shutting everything out and just saying, God, reveal to me your heart. And for this specific reason, I don't even want to share what I've come to see as truth now and every one of my specific beliefs around what I currently believe because I really want to encourage you to connect yours like personally with God. And pray that he reveals his heart to you because I believe that as long as we are accepting a belief because someone else tells us that it's true, it's never going to be a fully embodied belief. The beliefs that become fully embodied and actually last are the ones that you uncovered yourself by having a personal experience, or at least that's what's been true to me in my life is just living this constant prayer of God. I'm confused. God, I feel lost. God, this is a lot. I don't know how to work through this. I don't know how to understand this. I don't know how to reconcile this with my values or my current beliefs. Please reveal to me your heart. And over and over and over that has happened for me as I've been guided through this process. So I'm getting off track again. I want to go back to my journey, my story. So back to high school, I started going to a high school youth group and I remember a specific group I went to, and I might've already shared this before on a podcast. I can't remember, but I went to a specific group where this one is like stuck in my mind where the leader of the group told us, I don't know. These were the specific words he used, but what I took away from it was that sex and sexuality in our bodies are dirty and dangerous. And he even had his teenage girls come up and share about themselves and how they didn't have sex and how sex was bad. And they gave us pamphlets where we were taking notes on how to convince our friends not to have sex because sex was bad and should be safe for marriage. And, you know, I understand the heart of this topic and conversation, but I think 
it was just gone about in such, in what I see now to be a wrong way. Uh, And what I see now is at that place, so much shame in my heart that it led me into like this 10 year journey of uncovering my sexuality and coming to terms with it. That could have been a lot less painful if that hadn't been planted. Although now looking back, that was planted for a reason. So I could have gone through that journey to be where I am now to have the understandings that I have now to be able to lead people in a way that is a lot more heart centered. But back then that was my experience. It was very traumatizing to me. It brought up a lot of shame for me. And looking back, I always wonder why don't we teach our youth or the young ones if we truly believe that they should not be having sex, if that really is your belief, why don't we simply start to teach them how beautiful sex is and how loving it is and how beautiful it is to experience sex with someone that you are safe with, who truly, truly loves you, who is led by God first. Why don't we tell our youth how sex can bring you closer to God's heart, how our bodies were created and designed for sex and for pleasure, that there is nothing shameful about our bodies, about sex, but that there is so much more beauty and fulfillment in it when there is also love, when there is also safety, when there is also God. And so there are so many religious teachings that I believe don't come from a bad place. They're coming from love from a lot of people who are teaching these teachings. However, they don't come off in a loving way. I'm not, I don't want to blanket statement and say everyone for everyone, but in my experience and from a lot of people I've talked to who have so much religious trauma that separated them from God, the teachings of the people who are leading the teachings oftentimes are coming from love and want the best for those that they are teaching or preaching to. But Oftentimes it ends in more hurt and more separation than it does in love and closeness and intimacy with God. And the way I look at it now is that I think religion has it backwards. I don't want to say all religion, but much of institutionalized institutionalized religion and the church has it backwards where we're teaching, especially young people to fix all of the physical things in their lives that aren't right with God. We teach them to not have sex or to not drink or to not whatever the bad things are we believe are separating them from God or that the church believes is separating them from God. But I believe that's so backwards. It's like we, we teach people or people are taught to fix themselves and fix their lives in order to get closer to God. When what really worked for me wasn't trying to clear my life of all of the quote unquote bad things to get closer to God. It was seeking God first and allowing him to move in my heart and allowing the change in my heart to change my life. And what I learned, what I took away from my religious experiences in my youth was that I needed to show up perfectly in order to receive God's love, that I needed to be this good girl, that I needed to never mess up. And I actually had this portrayal of God as this like tyrannical figure in the sky who is demanding that we follow all of his rules if we want to be, to experience his love. And for me, the way I I learned about God was that it was somewhat transactional. If I mess up, he's not going to love me anymore. And so there was this, this really deep father wound And a lot of us also, we, this is a topic for another podcast, but we project our experiences with our human fathers also on 
God. So there's so many layers of trauma and projection there that oftentimes want to be worked through in order for us to be able to actually feel God and his love for us. But I, I'm not going to go there in this episode specifically. I want to talk more about specific religious trauma and my experiences. But the way I saw it was that God doesn't love me if I am making mistakes. God doesn't love me if I'm doing these things that I'm being told are dirty. I need to make sure that I am perfect in my life in order to feel loved by him. And when I got old enough to really understand these concepts, especially in college, I started to question them like, wait a second, I don't want to believe in a God that only loves me if I'm doing the right things. And, you know, my high school experiences around religion created a lot of shame for me. I remember being in my car before school, studying these pamphlets, telling me how to convince my friends that sex is dirty and not to have it. And, and me actually going to school and trying to have those conversations. Wow. How traumatizing it created so much shame for me. And I had shame around speaking about God. I had shame around sharing what I was feeling. I had shame around sex. I had shame around so, 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 so much. These experiences created so much shame. It hardened my heart to God. And really what it should have hardened my heart to was the institution. And there's a difference between God and what the institution teaches us about God and his love. But unfortunately, my heart, my heart hardened toward God because I could not separate God from the institution at that time. So entered college, still had this craving to experience God, even took myself to church alone a few times in college, never felt really connected, couldn't really understand my experiences. And eventually toward the end of college started to party a lot. And that was when I officially cut off my connection with God because I truly believed really deep down that I could not be partying and also have a connection to a God who still loved me. I assumed that me partying meant I couldn't connect with God, meant loss of love. At this time, I still had a ton of shame around sex and sexual experiences and was really confused around what my sexuality meant. And after college, it kind of led me into this seeking to understand my sexuality and to kind of reclaim it. And at that time I had so much shame from religion around my sexuality and feeling like it was dirty and God couldn't love me if I felt like a sexual being and all of these beliefs that it led me onto this seeking of sexual liberation. I just wanted to feel liberated in my body. I wanted to feel connected to myself. I wanted to feel like my sexuality was okay. And I had turned away from God completely. My heart was hardened to him. So I sought sexual liberation through sexual experiences. And I entered this phase in my life where, and I know that a lot of you have had these experiences where I, I sought liberation through having sex with as many people as possible. I didn't feel loved and I wanted to feel loved and I wanted to feel confident in my sexuality and in my body. And I wanted to feel desired and I began to seek that through sexual experiences with men. And for a time period, I thought that I felt really empowered. It was like, yes, I am empowered. I am in charge of my body. I can do whatever I want. I can sleep with whoever I want. And looking back, it was like it, I was seeking love. I was seeking to feel loved in my sexuality because I felt so dirty and shameful in my sexuality. And when I empowered myself to go have these sexual experiences, to have sex, really it was just a ton of one night stands, no true meaningful sexual experiences at that time, but they were like little small doses of love or what I, I felt to be love at that time. 
all I really wanted was to know that I could be loved in my sexuality. And I didn't believe that God could provide that for me. So instead I looked to men to prove that I could be loved and desired in my sexuality. And it was a void that can never be filled. So I continue to seek to fill it over and over and over and over and over through constant sexual experiences with men. And in the end, you know, I ended up hardening my heart even more, not just to God, but to myself, because having all of those sexual experiences, right? The human, the, a woman's body is not created to have so many sexual experiences like like that with so many different men without any sense of safety or true love or caring. Our body releases so many hormones after a sexual experience, which creates emotional reactions. And for me to be able to continue these experiences, I had to harden and close my heart off to my own emotions. The only way I could continue in these experiences was, which felt or which was what I thought to be liberation at that time, like freedom, empowerment. The only way I could continue to move through these experiences and not completely break down was to harden my heart, to close myself off to all emotions. Because otherwise this would have been just a complete painful mess of me feeling abandoned every single time I was with, I was with someone and they didn't stay, even though I'd convinced myself to believe that I didn't want anyone to stay that I was, you know, so empowered in my sexuality. I just wanted to have these sexual experiences and I didn't want any man. I didn't want commitment. And looking back, of course, I want a commitment deep, deep down. It was all I wanted. And there was a sense of pain every time I was with someone and they didn't want to be with me and it felt better. It was easier for me to just say, I don't want commitment from anyone. I don't want real love from anyone. This is what I want. Then to actually face how deeply I wanted that and also face that I wasn't receiving that because I felt really, it feels really scary to admit that we desire something and not to also admit that we don't know if we're worthy of receiving it or if it's possible for us to experience it. It's a lot easier to say that we don't desire something than to face the letdown of maybe not receiving it after we say that we want it or admit that we want it. So I completely hardened my heart. So I didn't have to feel the letdown and the pain And the trauma of not being met in my deep unconscious need to feel loved, safe, and cared for and held by men. And, you know, this masculine force that us as feminine beings desire to be met by, you know, me seeking love in men, it was one and the same as me seeking God and looking for God. Seeking him in men, seeking him in partying, seeking him in drugs, seeking him in spirituality. I sought him in so many ways. All of the ways I sought God, I was really seeking love, but I'd hardened my heart to love. And so it was this constant seeking of love through all of these experiences and never fully being able to find it or experience it. And at this point in my adult life, I had hardened my heart so much to God and to love and to my own emotions. I'd repressed so much in order to continue this lifestyle that I reached a time point in my life where I think I went about six years or so without actually crying. I remember I would actually put on sad movies and I would fast forward to the saddest parts just to be able to release some tears. So there were moments where I could have some sense of release when I would like specifically use movies that I knew were really sad and fast forward to those parts, but I was unable to experience emotion in relation to my actual life in relation to the experience experiences I was having. I was so closed off, so shut down, couldn't feel anything because I had put up so many walls around my heart. And this eventually led me to spirituality. 
I discovered spirituality and it was so incredible for me because it was learning about the universe and I didn't have to reconcile with God, but I could still find a way to feel loved and connected to to my life in a bigger way. And the universe was that for me. To me, the universe never was, you know, transactional. The universe never made me believe I was dirty. The universe never made me feel shameful. The universe never made me terrified of burning up in hell for the rest of my life. The universe never made me face any of that trauma. And so I was able to enter into this, you know, sect of or concept of spirituality without having to face the trauma. There was no guilt. And I could see the universe as this loving spiritual energy around me. And it felt really, really, really good to come back to something that, that made me feel connected because that's what I missed from my religious, religious experiences was feeling really connected to something greater than me connected to God. And spirituality gave me that. I felt connected to the universe again. I felt supported. There were synchronicities. I felt a part of something. Life had this meaning and purpose again. And it also felt really empowering for me to believe that I can make anything happen in my life. Like I can have any life I want. I think the biggest gift manifestation and spirituality gave me was that I learned that I was not a victim to my circumstances or a victim in my life or a victim to reality that I had some sense of control and that I am a sovereign being and that I don't need to live my life as a victim and that I can shift my reality by shifting my beliefs, by shifting my thoughts, by shifting my mindset, by shifting my embodiment, by shifting the way I show up in the world. That was powerful for me. That pulled me out of a deep, dark hole. And I always look back and I think now like spirituality was the bridge to get me from religion to where I am now. And I'm so thankful for it. It brought me so many good things into my life. And I'm not going to go through my entire spiritual journey because that spans years. And I have literally four years of podcasts that will take you through my entire spiritual journey. A lot of you were here for a lot of it and a part of it. But I think the thing about spirituality is I eventually got to a place where it wasn't enough anymore. And I don't want to also just completely shit on spirituality. I still consider myself to be a spiritual person, but there was a point where spirituality, especially in the online space, almost became like a religion with a set of beliefs and people out there preaching the truth and judgment. If you don't believe the same thing as the right spiritual people. And it just, I see the same toxicity in spirituality as I was running away from in religion. And I realized that, okay, I ran to this concept of spirituality because I was so turned off by religion. But in reality, everything that I felt to be wrong with religion is also found in spirituality. And I came to a place where I realized that there is no one uh, concept, religion, spiritual belief system, or sect that is free of human nature. Human nature is fallible. And regardless of people wanting to lead with love first, there is always going to be a seeking for power and there will be people in every sect of whatever you believe who do things wrong. There will be people in every sect of whatever you believe who seek power first. There is no ultimate answer or concept or community or group that is not flawed. And so I feel like I had 
this concept of spirituality up on this pedestal as this perfect belief system. And it was shattered a little bit in the past couple of years, seeing kind of the dark side of spirituality really play out and realizing that it was not the perfect answer. And there also came a point where the universe wasn't enough for me anymore. I think it's really easy to believe in the universe because you don't have to receive love from the universe. We can say that the universe is a loving energy, but when it comes down to it, the universe is not a conscious being. The universe has no consciousness. The universe is not able to love in the capacity that God can, or even in the capacity that a human being can. The universe can be love, but the universe cannot love you. It is not conscious. And it's a lot easier to believe in the universe because we don't have to receive love from it. And so many of us, like like myself, back then, a few years ago, have really hardened hearts and have a lot of trouble letting love in. That's really vulnerable and scary because the thing about letting love in and melting the hardening and, and the, the walls and the protection around our hearts means that there's also a lot of pain there. The pain that we never allowed ourselves to feel that we pushed away, that we repressed. Letting love in means also sometimes letting pain out. And that's really scary. And it's a lot easier to believe in a universe because you don't have to accept and receive love from the universe. There's no vulnerability there. There's a lot of vulnerability in coming back home to God. There's a lot of vulnerability because it means he's going to melt those walls around your heart. And that's really terrifying. Really, really terrifying. It's terrifying to let love in as well, because when we let in love, when we let in joy, there's a fear of losing it. And sometimes it's easier to not let love in, to not let joy in because we don't have to deal with the pain of potentially losing it. So many of us hold ourselves in a light. We hold ourselves back from the joy that we could experience, the love that we could experience, the beautiful things that we could experience. We hold ourselves back from the blessings and miracles that are actually meant for us because it's easier to stay where we are than it is to risk the loss that we may experience after having something really, really good. Because the only guarantee in love is that you will also lose. Love comes with pain. It comes with grief. It comes with loss. That is guaranteed. And we've all experienced that in our human experience. We've loved and lost. Or we've even had beautiful things in our lives and we've seen them be taken away. And we've learned that it's a lot easier to shut ourselves off from the good things in life because we don't have to experience the pain of losing the pain of loss, the pain of grief. And I believe that's a lot of what I used to be seeking in spirituality was a life of no suffering, a life of no loss. Let me just manifest everything I want all the time and always be happy and never have to suffer again. If I can just always manifest exactly what I want, I can eliminate suffering and loss from my life. And that draws a lot of people to it because who doesn't want a life of no suffering? But what I realized after a while was that trying to eliminate suffering is also eliminating love. Trying to eliminate suffering really means hardening our hearts. We were never promised a life of no suffering, a life with no trials, a life with no tribulations, a life with no challenges. And I think seeking that in life leads a lot of us down this dark path of this empty void where we're constantly seeking but never feeling fully fulfilled, fully joyful, fully loved. We don't have the capacity to fully let 
love in because when we seek to eliminate suffering, we also seek to eliminate love because there is no one without the other. They come hand in hand in this human existence that we live in right now. We live in a world of dark and light, a good, a world of love and evil, a world of joy and suffering. It is all part of this human experience, all of it. And when we try to eliminate half of that, when we try to eliminate and just not look at the dark side of the human experience and say, I'm going to live a life where I just turn a blind eye to that. It doesn't actually eliminate all of the suffering and all of the darkness that's actually here and existing. It just represses it within us. It pushes it all into our unconscious where it unconsciously controls us and creates anxiety and fear, which we may not understand. So it got to a point where I realized I no longer want to seek a life where there's no suffering, where I eliminate all suffering and hardships and just live this pleasurable existence all the time. Because I did that for a while and I tried that and it worked for a while, but there was something missing. There was this deep void. There was no fulfillment. There was, I, I couldn't feel God's presence. I couldn't feel loved in the ways I wanted to. It was hard for me to actually feel love in my body, even from human love from the people around me. I was so closed off. I was living this surface level existence and it was, it was challenging. It was painful. It was, I think so many of us live this way and that's why people seek feeling through alcohol, through partying, through sex, through drugs. And that was me partying all the time, doing drugs all the time, having sex all the time. And I'm not saying that these things are all bad. And that drinking is bad or trying a drug is bad or that having sex is bad. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm trying to communicate is that many of us, and I'm really using my experience specifically, I sought feeling through these experiences. I was so closed off. My heart was so closed off. I was so shut down because I was so determined to avoid all pain and suffering. I had hardened my heart so deeply that I could no longer feel. I couldn't feel love. I couldn't feel joy to the depth that I desired. And when I drank, I could feel more. When I did drugs, they helped me to feel more. When I had sex, there were moments where I could feel more, but it was never lasting. It was just these brief moments. And I was constantly chasing these moments and looking back, you know, I didn't have this consciousness then, but I realize it now. I was constantly seeking this feeling, this love, this connection that I couldn't experience in other moments in my life. And the solution was never the drugs, the alcohol, the the alcohol, the sex, the partying. That wasn't the solution. The solution was to actually melt the walls around my heart. The solution was to come back home to my body, to my heart, to God. And I remember because there were time periods in my life, especially in my young twenties, where I was drinking, you know, four or five nights a week, getting blacked out four or five nights a week was a pretty regular thing in my life back then. And I remember thinking, you know, I feel like I'm drinking too much. I, I want to not drink so much. This isn't good for me, but I was unable to, it was like, I couldn't pull myself out of the cycle. And there were even time periods last year. I've talked about about it on the podcast when I was in a really, really dark place where I saw those patterns showing up again, where this like drinking that I had let go of that unhealthy 
relationship to alcohol in my life. I still drank, but it was not like it was in my young twenties where it was like four or five nights a week, getting blacked out, drinking to get blacked out. And there were times where I felt that old pattern coming back of me drinking too much and not knowing why, but not being able to stop it. And no one telling me that what I was doing was bad or that I needed to stop could have helped. I was already telling myself that. And this is the reason why I think I felt so unwelcome and uncomfortable in the church because I would hear, I remember like hearing preaching of, you know, getting drunk is bad. Drinking too much is bad. It's a sin. You shouldn't do it. And it's like, I don't need another person to tell me that this is bad. I'm already shaming myself for it. That is not what I need. That is never what I needed. I never needed someone to tell me that the unhealthy things in my life were unhealthy for me. I was so icked by people who would preach that we just need to stop doing these things in our lives, that they're sinful and bad and icky and we're dirty for doing them. Hearing those kinds of messages would push me deeper into the holes I was already in because that didn't feel loving to me. That felt once again, like this transactional God telling someone that what they're doing is bad and that they should stop more often than not pushes them into deeper shame because more often than not, when someone is doing something in their life that is not good for them, they already are aware of that. They're already shaming themselves. So another voice shaming them is not what they need. It was not what I needed. We don't heal through shame. We heal through love. And so once again, I had this vision of a God who was conditionally loving. That wasn't the healing that I needed. The healing that I needed was a God who was unconditionally loving. What I deeply wanted in every moment in my life where I was just trapped in a deep, dark hole of drinking myself to blackout or sleeping with so many men or closing my heart off to love or doing drugs all the time to try to feel something. In all of these moments, I was seeking to feel loved. That's what I was seeking. And so in these moments, I didn't want someone to tell me what you're doing is wrong. You need to stop. What I wanted someone to tell me is that you are still lovable here. You are still capable of being loved here. You don't need to seek anymore. The love is right here. It's here for you. That's what I needed. And I never found that in religion. I never found that in the God that I was taught about when I was younger. And so when I was in my deepest, darkest places, I continued to push him away. And I continued to look to the universe to provide love for me, right? There's a loving universe we live in. The universe is not going to reject me when I'm in a deep, dark hole. And I did bring myself out of that deep, dark hole for the most part especially throughout a lot of my spiritual experiences, but there were pieces that would come back. And if you've listened to my podcast on the void, my void series that I put out this year, you already know a lot about the darkness I was in last year. I experienced a series of betrayals that led me into the darkest place I've ever been in, in my life. And in this really dark place, old patterns and habits I had let go of began to show up to cope with the pain. And I was in this place of just extreme self disgust and the betrayals were just led me into this place of feeling deeply unlovable, deeply unworthy, 
And I remember there, there was a moment and I'm not going to go into this in a lot of detail because I have four whole podcast episodes explaining all of this. If you want to listen to the void series, you can scroll back and find them. But there was a moment where I was in such deep self-disgust where I was sitting in the middle of a jungle, crying, feeling so disgusting, feeling so shameful, feeling like just the most unlovable I've ever felt in my life. And I remember just in that moment, realizing that the universe wasn't enough. I needed to feel loved in that place because I knew like love is what's going to help me here. There's nothing else. And it was in that moment I had this visceral experience of God because I kind of like cried out to him. was like, God, please, like if you're out there, please just, I don't know where to turn right now. I need to feel your love. And in that moment, it's like, I felt this visceral experience of God holding me and loving me. And I had never felt so loved. It was like, I was at my lowest feeling the most unlovable and I felt so loved. And that was the moment that my perspective began to really shift and like, whoa, the universe isn't enough. The universe can't love me the way God can. And I began to get curious. What if God is unconditionally loving in all of the ways that I never learned? What if I never needed to make myself perfect in order to receive his love? What if I could just receive it right now? What if I didn't need to seek to feel love and all of these things? What if he could provide it right now? And my heart began to really change. A lot of things began to really change. I, at the time, also began working with a mentor. A lot of you know her. Her name is Christina Louise. She's Solar Feminine Arts on Instagram. She's incredible. She helped me work through a lot of my father wounds, a lot of my betrayals that I had projected onto God, right? This question of, I betrayed so deeply over and over and over by the men in my life. God, how could you allow this? And once again, this is the topic for another episode. And honestly, we're going to be going deep into father wounds, betrayal and abandonment and abandonment wounds in magnetic. The program that, um, will be starting in a few weeks, more info about that in the link in the show notes. Uh, because I'm not going to get deep into that, into this episode. It's too much for this episode. We're already almost 50 minutes into this, but I began, God began to send the people into my life to help me work through the walls that I had put up that were keeping me from connecting with him. And it was only in my deepest, darkest moments that I realized how much I needed God. And I realized how much the universe wasn't enough. And I realized how much the universe cannot provide for me what God could. And looking back, I had to have all of those really dark experiences. I had to experience that time period. It, it, it was God pursuing me. I really felt so pursued by God. And I had come to t- terms with the word God in 2021. That's when I started to kind of shift from like, wait, maybe it's not just universe. Maybe it's God too. But I was really more like, okay, universe or God or spirit. I don't know. And then in 2022, I had this experience and it was like, nope, this is, there is no, there is no, you know, maybe it's God or maybe it's universe or no, this is God. This is God and the universe is real and quantum physics is real and universal universal laws are real, but we don't need to manipulate them or even understand them. They can't take the place of God. And it completely cracked my heart open. My experience with God in, in that moment I shared about, because I literally felt layers around my heart melting away. And if you are going to return home to God, you can expect him to melt the layers around your heart. 
because you cannot return home to God and also have endless layers of protection around your heart. God is a masculine force. He will penetrate your heart. You have to be willing to receive it. And sometimes God pursues us through trials and tribulations and challenges and pain. Because the honest truth is that we are more open to God in our pain. I had to be brought to a place where I literally had no other option to actually finally open up to him again. And since that moment, I've spent the past, however long it's been, many, many months working through my religious trauma, understanding it. I've had to completely let go of the vision and idea and concept I had of God in the past and start from complete scratch. Just once again, like my daily prayer is God, please reveal to me your heart and God, please use me. I am a vessel. Please speak through me. Please act through me. And he has continuously revealed himself to me and also acted through me in my business, in my life. I've had more alone time than I've ever had in my life in the past six to nine months as I've made this huge transition and moved across the world. And I've spent more alone time with myself than I ever had. And in this alone time, I've begun to spend more time with God than I ever had in my life. And I began to really experience him and feel him and feel his heart and feel him moving in my life. And I've watched as so many things I manifested outside of him have fallen away. <laughs> so many things I've created in my life outside of God have crumbled, but I've also seen that everything I've co-created with him. I've seen all of that being built on this firm foundation. And I've seen my life come together in ways that I have not planned for, that I did not expect and that I did not ask for, but in ways that I would never, ever, ever take back now. My life is continuously coming together in beautiful ways that I could have never planned for myself. I have a smile on my face just saying this, thinking about the blessings I have in my life right now that, gosh, I, I've chilled. It's, it's been one, it's, it's been miraculous. It's hard. I don't have words this co-creation in my life with God at my back has been so beautiful. I've been able to really let go and step back from needing to control in my life. And it's been such a breath of fresh air. That's what it's felt like relief of not having to do it all on my own of knowing he has my back and he has a better plan. Where am I at now? So many of you want to know what my relationship with God means and looks like. Am I religious? I don't consider myself to be religious. I still have a lot of beef with uh, the institutions of religion in the church. I would say that my beliefs don't fully line up with any specific religion or church. However, I do feel fully aligned with God. And I have also reclaimed my connection with Jesus, which has also never left I've had so many, so interesting, a lot of my spiritual experiences. I remember having a past life reading where Jesus showed up. And the first time I ever had a spiritual experience when I was like really young using a pendulum, Jesus showed up in that experience over and over and over. I had so many spiritual experiences where he would show up and I would just assume, okay, he's just like a spirit guide or an angel or whatever. Like he's one of my guides. And I've had this connection with him since I was so young back when I couldn't even understand it. And it's something that I've been able to reclaim and realize that I can also reclaim that connection outside of 
religion. And I moved through so much from a place of knowing Jesus in church and then knowing Jesus as a spirit guide and then seeing him as a spiritually weakened guru and then seeing him as Christ consciousness. And, and I can't fully say that I fully understand my connection with him right now, but I do know that it's never fully gone away. And I've been able to kind of navigate that outside of the religious trauma that I had when I was young. And I'm still navigating what all of this means for me and what it looks like. And I'm navigating a lot of the religious trauma still. So I would not say that I identify identify as a religious person or I identify with institutionalized religion, but I do know that I love God and he has changed my life so completely. And I do know that if you came from a Christian or Catholic background and have a lot of religious trauma, you can reclaim the connections that you have and the experiences that felt really, really good. But I do not feel a line saying that I identify as a religious person or with any religious institution because I don't agree with everything, most things that the church has done historically. The church has created so much pain, so much hurt, so much harm, so much violence throughout history and even in even in modern day. And what I do know is that I identify with God's heart. That's all I know to be true. And I want to be surrounded with people who also identify in that way, who identify with God's heart, who seek him in their lives, who are God-led in every way. That's what I know to be true. And I've come to this place where it's like, yeah, manifesting was so fun, but magnetizing is so much better. Co-creating with God is so much better. I mean, manifestation is so much pressure when you're not letting God lead you, you have to lead yourself. You've got to make sure you believe everything perfectly. That is exhausting. And it's so much easier. Like the ease comes in when you're willing to let go and trust God, let go and let God, let him lead you. It's so much easier when we don't need to make sure we have this full belief that we can make all of this stuff happen in our lives. That's way too much pressure. You don't need to believe that everything you desire is possible for you. You simply need to choose to trust God and know that he can provide miracles. Sometimes it's so hard to say, oh, I just, I want to believe I can manifest health for myself. I want to believe I can manifest the partner I want, or I want to believe this miracle can happen in my life, but I just don't believe it. And manifestation says we need to fully believe that something is possible for us for it to show up versus co-creating what God says. It's not your job to identify with all of that force yourself to believe that this is possible. Our job is to align our hearts with God, to trust him and to know that he is all powerful and he can work miracles in our life. We don't even need to fully see how it's possible or believe that it's possible. We just need to know that all things are possible through him. And when we seek God first, when we seek him before we seek to shift the things in our lives, Not only do we get to let go of the burden of making everything happen for ourselves, but we make space for him to actually work miracles in our lives. We don't need to micromanage God. We don't need to micromanage our lives. It really simplifies things. We are here to love and be loved and to let love change everything for us. 
when you open your heart and you allow yourself to love and be loved and you actually let God in, it simplifies everything. You get to let go of all of the rest, all the other complications. It's a lot easier when you you are in full-blown co-creation with God. There is a lot more ease and it doesn't mean that life is easy and suddenly you let God in and all of your suffering goes away and you have no problems. The trials and the challenges, they're all here to support you and who you're meant to become in order to receive the blessings that you're meant to have. My goal is no longer to live a life with no hardships, but instead to find peace regardless of what's going on in my external reality. And the only way to anchor in that kind of peace is to have that full embodied trust in God, because I do believe that he is the anchor. If we don't trust in God, we don't have a heart for God. What happens when things blow up in our lives? The pressure's on us to figure it all out. That's horribly stressful, anxiety inducing and exhausting. When we actually have opened our hearts to him and we built this relationship and connection with him, then when shit goes down in our lives, as it will, the pressure's not on us. The burden's not on us. We get to let go of that burden and trust that his hand is, is working in our lives and trust that he will lead us through this and trust that every trial and burden and challenge is here to lead us closer to him as well all an invitation for more intimacy with God. And the way God works is, it's for me, it's been so gosh, just beautiful, magical, mystical, amazing, incredible. Because in the past nine months, it really looked like my life was crumbling. Like everything was falling apart, but really it was all, it was falling apart. So it could fall back together in the way that God desired for me. And the ways it would bring me more fulfillment and peace and love and joy than I've ever experienced. So I just got chills because it is what I'm experiencing right now. It's like I could cry because uh, the things in my life that are coming together right now, not to say that there aren't hardships and difficult things in my life, there are, but the way things are coming together and the connection I feel to the people in my life, to the things playing out in my life, to what I feel is is to come in my life in this next chapter. It's so beautiful in a way I could have never planned. I could have never made the vision board of my life right now. I don't want any other life than the one I'm in right now. And I could have never made this as a vision board. I could have never even thought to ask for it. And this is what I consider to be co-creation or magnetism instead of manifestation. When you finally break down the walls around your heart and you open your heart and you simplify everything and you realize my only job was love. I never needed to fix myself. I never needed to heal every single part of myself. I never needed to micromanage my life or try to become someone who was good enough to receive love. I never needed to do any of that. All I needed to do was to open my heart to God to let the love in. When you begin to shed the walls around your heart, you're opening up to also receive the blessings and miracles that God was trying to send you the entire time. I can't tell you how many blessings and miracles have showed up in my life. It's been miraculous. It's like God was trying to bring me here the entire time, but I was so certain that I could provide myself better miracles than the ones God could provide. I was so certain that 
I was doing things the right way, protecting my heart, making sure I didn't experience pain, not realizing that a lot of my pain was a portal to everything that I deeply, deeply, deeply desired. And it's so interesting because so much in my life has shifted. All of the things I felt were just, I couldn't break free of in my life has naturally just fallen away without me even trying. And this is why I believe that a lot of what's taught, you know, that we have it backwards. You don't need to fix yourself so you can be closer to God. Seek God first and watch him move in your heart and in your life. So this was a lot. I hope it was helpful. I feel like I I know I was all over the place like I always am, but there's so many parts to this journey and it's a journey that's really hard to put into words. But I've noticed over the past six months or so, every client I've worked with, well, first of all, ever since really reclaiming God in my life, my work with my one-on-one clients has been transformed. It's been unreal. It's, you know it, if you've worked with me one-on-one in the past six months, the work has been so deep because God is working through me. I really believe that I keep having clients come to me because they want to manifest love or they want to manifest money and or they want a list of things. And what really happens by the end is that they end up opening their hearts to God and letting God move in their lives. And the miracles that have been showing up when this happens have been, yeah, there aren't words. There are not words. It's been really beautiful to witness as one by one, these women continue to come home to themselves and to their hearts and to God and to melt the armor around their hearts. It's been so beautiful. And the most interesting part of this journey is that I never planned. I never said, Hey, I'm going to bring women back to God. I'm going to help them open their hearts. I'm going to help them open themselves to the miracles and blessings God has in store from them. God has in store for them. I never thought that it just began to happen. It was like, God was like, Kristen, this is your path right now. I'm going to send you the people who are ready. They're not even going to know they're ready, but they're going to be ready. It's been so beautiful and so interesting because I haven't had any control over this. I never, like I said, never thought I was going to create a podcast talking about God, but then I had so many of you reaching out and asking, and it became clear that this was what I was, this is, this was the path. And, you know, here I am now I have this academy. I'm so excited about magnetic where I'm going to be leading women back to God again, helping them work through their traumas and open their hearts. I'm going to help them to come back into a place where they don't even need to manifest anymore because they're so magnetic to what is meant for them. I want to help every single person experience what I'm experiencing because it's like nothing I've ever experienced. I've never felt so content in my life and in who I am. And I've never felt so loved ever. I've never felt so connected and tuned in. I want this for every single person. And I've also never seen my life change so miraculously in ways that felt so deeply good. So firm. This is what I want for all of you. I want you to know that there is a better way. And you can have a life that feels deeply grounded, deeply safe, rooted in love, wealthy and rich in love, connection, and provision. There is an easier way. You don't need to do it all on your own. And this is not a promise of a life with no hardships. I think I've said this a million times. 
life is hard. Life is hard, but it's harder when we try to navigate it alone. So this episode spoke to you. You feel called to beginning to work through any trauma you may have, coming back home to God, letting the walls around your heart melt. I call it de-armoring your heart to unleash your natural magnetism. If you feel called to coming back home to your feminine essence, your feminine soul, coming back to your body and soul and being as you were designed to operate, because when we do this, we are naturally magnetic to what is meant for us, to what God is trying to send us. If you feel called to any of this work, the link is going to be in the show notes with the information around magnetic, where I'll be holding your hand through the entire process. If you have questions about it, you can also send me a DM on Instagram at pursuit of bliss with an underscore. If this episode spoke to you, it means the world when you all leave me, uh, reviews on iTunes, the podcast app. It makes me cry. I read every single one. Uh, I love when you share on Instagram and tag me so I can see it, so I can reshare, so I can see what spoke to you and just sending you lots and lots of love. Thanks for making it this far into this episode. I hope that you can see yourself in some of my journey. I hope that some of it spoke to you and, uh, I hope you know how loved you are. I will talk to you all next week.